friends, and welcome to season four of a Meaningful Mess podcast. I am so honored, so excited that you decided to listen, and I hope that you enjoy what you hear. I'm your host, Andy McNair, and I am a wife, mom, author, digital innovation specialist, and passionate educator that believes in today's learners. I'm so glad that you found the podcast, and I can't wait to share manageable and meaningful ideas for you to utilize in your classroom and beyond. My hope is that the ideas and strategies shared each week will help you find meaning in your mess. After you listen, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast with anyone that you think might find it helpful. You can also connect with me over on my website at andymcnair.com, on Twitter at McNairAN3, and on Facebook and Instagram at A Meaningful Mess. Thanks for being here today. Let's get started. Welcome back to A Meaningful Mess podcast. Well, last time I recorded, I was leaving for Gift Dad. I think I mentioned on that podcast, it's my favorite conference of the year put on by TAGT. Uh, it's Texas's state conference, um, really around advocating for, talking about, and giving strategies, ideas, and tools to teachers who work with gifted learners. Um, and oh my gosh, such a great week. So much fun connecting with educators and sharing and learning together. As I came back, I really started thinking about this topic that I heard mentioned a couple of times at Gift Ed. Um, and then I've also seen on TikTok, <laughs> I'm a big fan of getting on there and using it for education and looking at some of the videos just to gain perspective. And there is a hashtag on TikTok, uh, gifted kid burnout. And um, I was sharing on Instagram the other day, some of these videos are appropriate, some of them aren't. So watch with that in mind. But as you kind of watch um, some of these videos and kids sharing their experience and what that has looked like for them, so often gifted learners work so hard in school and they wanna make so many people happy that they get to a place where they just can't do it anymore. And sometimes that happens as they get older, middle school, high school, college years. Um, oftentimes it shows up as apathy. They just begin to not care anymore because they're just so tired of the cycle. And so I wanted to spend some time on the podcast talking about this. How do we approach gifted kid burnout? I thought about this uh, from the perspective of the mom, um, of a mom of gifted kids, and as an educator who worked with gifted kids for several years, and it very much is a reality. I've seen this play out in my own kids, as well as some of the kids that I worked with when I was in the classroom. I think the first thing that we have to do is to understand that burnout is often a result of the expectations placed on a gifted learner. You know, I, I think I shared this in a podcast before, but I think so often we allow labels to determine our perspective. In other words, when I find out that a learner is gifted, I automatically shift my perspective and I begin to see that student's strengths. And sometimes I begin to have unrealistic expectations for that learner. And it's so important that we as educators understand giftedness and understand that giftedness does not equal always compliant behavior and good grades. And when we begin to just consistently expect that, and when it doesn't happen, we're disappointed, learners begin to think that if I'm not, if I don't get good grades, 
or if I make a mistake, I must not be gifted anymore. And you can imagine that constant back and forth of am I or am I not, or what if I'm, what if they think I am and I'm not, which is something called imposter syndrome. Uh, you can definitely look that up. It's a big, big deal. Um, but those types of conversations and that those feelings happening constantly, you can probably imagine would eventually result in this thing that we're talking about called gifted kid burnout. You know, expecting gifted kid learners to always be smart to always be hardworking and compliant, it results in feelings of inadequacy and exhaustion. They cannot be perfect. <laughs> they never will be. And expecting them to be that is not okay. I think one of the detrimental things we can do in education for gifted learners is to, is to continually say to them, you're so smart. Because when we say that, they begin to think, oh, when I'm smart, that is when I'm doing what they want me to do. Or when I'm smart, that is when they think I'm gifted. And look, being smart is not a bad thing. But if they consistently hear that, the one time they don't feel smart or they don't feel like they know what they're doing, they're going to have an internal battle going on of, oh my gosh, what if I'm not gifted anymore? Or, oh my gosh, what if I disappoint these people? They're not going to know how to react to that. So I've heard lots of people talk about this. And, and I think if I could put all of that into, if I could kind of summarize what so many people say, it's very much this idea of not focusing on the outcomes, not, oh my gosh, you got you know, a 95 on this test, but focusing on the character traits and the work that they put in to get that A or to have that outcome is very, very important and something that I think we need to consider. You know, gifted learners can often begin to believe that if they aren't those things we just talked about, if they aren't smart, if they aren't hardworking, if they aren't compliant, they're a disappointment to maybe their parents, maybe their grandparents, maybe their teachers, or what whoever it is that they're wanting to impress or whoever it is that they're wanting to please. And when they begin to feel like they are disappointing others, they can get to a place where they become, um, you know, it, it could become a behavior problem. They may become defiant or it could result in apathy. Um, it could result in anxiety. But the consequences of us expecting gifted learners to utilize their giftedness to be perfect or to always be the model student, I just think is a mistake. That doesn't mean that we don't have high expectations for them. That doesn't mean that there aren't times when we say, hey, we know you can do better than this. But it's you have to see the difference between having high expectations and expecting perfection all of the time. There is a difference. And I think so often, I know that when I worked with gifted learners, sometimes parents would come to me and they would be so frustrated with either a teacher that gave their kid an 89, or they would be so frustrated with uh, their own child who they felt like wasn't working hard enough. Maybe they had an 85 or whatever in their class and it was frustrating for them. And, and I began to realize, gosh, this was hard for me as a parent too. I never want to lie about that. I struggled with that with my own kids. Like we're not making a B. I grew a little bit and that is no longer the case. But for a while I did that same thing. And what I didn't understand was I was sending the message that 
they always had to be on their A game. They always had to be at the top of their game. And I'm never, I'm not always at the top of my game. Sometimes I 100% suck, right? Like I just, I just have a bad day or an off day. Sometimes I have an off month. I'm not going to lie. I've probably had some off years. And the same is true for our kids. They're going to have those. So we want to make sure that we're not putting them in a place where they feel like when they struggle or when they aren't doing as well as maybe we think that they should, it's not that they're a disappointment. It's just that we want to help them reach their full potential. Helping gifted learners understand that struggle and success are both very important parts of the learning experience has to be a priority. They have to understand that struggle is a part of learning and that when you struggle or when you don't know everything, that doesn't mean that you are a failure. It just means that you're struggling and productive struggle is probably, I believe, one of the most valuable parts of the learning process. Without struggle, it's really hard for real learning to happen. Um, We can check boxes, we can pass tests, we can pass worksheets, but Does real learning happen? Learning that I can walk out of the classroom with and utilize in my life beyond the classroom? I would say no. I think that struggle plays a big role in that. And then also there is a place for success and we can celebrate success and we can be excited about it. But to expect consistent success without any struggle is not the reality they're going to experience beyond the classroom. So it doesn't make sense for that to be their reality in the classroom. So we want to make sure that learners understand that struggle and success are both very important parts of the learning process. You know, I think one of the ways, you know, that we can help learners move beyond this gifted kid burnout is to provide opportunities for them to share their thoughts, to tell us, hey, what are you thinking? Not to assume what they're thinking, not to tell them what to think, but to let them share what they're thinking, to share their fears. Hey, I'm really afraid that if I fail this final, I'm going to lose my gifted label. Or, hey, I'm really afraid if I fail this final, everyone's going to think that I'm not who they thought that I was. And letting them just say those things out loud and then flipping the script and saying, but what if that's not true? What if that's not what we think? Or what if that's not the outcome? What if it's different? What if you learn from this? And then I think also just letting them share their ideas. You know, I think it's always such a good idea if you have a GT program or really any program on your campus that your learners are a part of to always let them have insight and to speak into that. So having a GT um, advisory group that are students who you just say, hey, what do you think about the GT program? Or how does it feel to be a GT learner on this campus or in this district? What are the things that you're feeling? What are the things that you're thinking? And what are you experiencing every day? And the only way we're ever going to be able to do what they need is to listen to them tell us what they need. And I think that's a really easy way to do that. So if you have a GT program, hopefully you do, on your campus or however you service gifted learners, having some gifted learners as an advisory group that you just kind of check in with, maybe once a six weeks, maybe once a semester, but you just say, hey, how are we doing for you guys? How are we doing in this area? And look, I think that is important across the board. I don't think that's just true for gifted learners. I think for so many of the different types of students we serve, on our campuses, there should be, their voices should be heard. We should be asking for their feedback to know if what we're doing is or isn't working. 
You know, I'm not going to lie. I think one way we can avoid gifted kid burnout is to give them purpose and to help them see that it's not just this spiral of you have to make an A on this worksheet, then you make an A on the test, then you make an A on the worksheet, then you make an A on a test. That can get pretty exhausting. And if we're honest, it can get pretty boring. But if we can give them an opportunity to pursue their passions, right? What Look, and I'm going to be honest, I don't think that this is just true for gifted learners. I think this is true for every kid. If we can help them find purpose, while pursuing their passions and making an impact on the world around them, while learning the standards, while practicing life-ready skills. If that could happen, I think so many gifted learners um, may not experience that burnout because they they are finding their purpose. There's a reason for the work. There is when I go to school, I'm actually working towards something that's going to create change or make an impact. And when that becomes the reality, I think burnout becomes a little bit less of a um, of something that's going to happen. So I think that when we when we consider gifted kid burnout, um, I think about myself when I was in the classroom and I got to a place where I really was. Uh, burning out. I felt like I was spinning my wheels every day. What we were doing wasn't meaningful. And it wasn't until I found purpose in the work again, when I started to realize, why do I do this? And and what do I want to do in my classroom that's going to be meaningful for my learners? I don't want to play by the rules anymore. I want to do what makes sense. And when I began to do that, through Genius Hour and through passion-based learning, it changed everything. And so I think the same could be true for our learners. So just considering that, gosh, if you you kind of perked up when I said Genius Hour or passion-based learning and you're like, huh, what is that? Like, I want to know more about that. Oh my gosh, for sure. Follow me on Instagram. I post a ton over there about Genius Hour or just send me a DM or email me. I'd be happy to have a conversation with you. Um, But it's a game changer for sure. Okay, sorry. I'm just never going to miss an opportunity to talk about that. Finally, I think that realizing and understanding growth mindset can help learners recognize that their gifted label does not define them. It's so important that we help them understand that. Instead, it simply helps us as educators know and provide what they need. So when they begin to wear that gifted label around, like, okay, I always have to be this. And if I don't live up to these expectations, um, you know, it, it results in a fixed mindset. And I've read so many articles that talk about this. Uh, this is not my original idea. I've read so many different things that actually talk about how important growth mindset is when it comes to gifted kid burnout. Because what happens is, is if I think that I'm gifted or I think I do everything well, I get into this place to where there is no need for me to work harder, or there is no need for me to grow. And that's just not the case. We know that. But for our learners, that growth mindset of I could do this better, or I am going to work on this so that I can understand this at a deeper level. That's why designing for depth is so important so that they don't fall into that. I make a 100 on everything and I never have to struggle and everything comes easy because they will struggle at some point. There will come a time when something doesn't come easy for them. And if that happens, and we have not, in education, given them an opportunity to learn how to respond to that. I believe that that's on us. There is 100% no reason that a student should not experience productive struggle in elementary, middle school, and high school. But the only way that's going to happen is if we design 
for depth. If we design experiences that are appropriate for snorkelers and scuba divers, and we think through, hey, what am I going to do for those kids who already understand this or who understand this very quickly? What will that look like? Sorry, I forgot to silence my phone. Um, but as we kind of think through these, I want to I say a couple of more things about gifted kid burnout. First of all, if you want to see what this really looks like, um, you can hop over to TikTok and just look at the hashtag gifted kid burnout. Um, the other thing that I would say is I have posted uh, exactly what we just talked about. I posted over on Instagram in the form of a carousel post. So you could go check that out. You can find me on Instagram at a underscore meaningful underscore mess. I would love to connect with you there. But this is a real topic that we need to start having conversation about. And not just talking about that it's a thing, but we need to start solving the problem. How do we keep this from happening? And how do we give our gifted learners the tools and the support that they need so that they don't burn out before they even get to their life beyond the walls of the classroom? How do we get them to embrace their giftedness and to understand that their giftedness does not mean that they are perfect and their giftedness does not mean that they are always going to get it right. But instead, it just means that there is something about them. It may be something that they do really well. It may be, a, you know, it may be something that they have within them that is unique. Whatever that is, just helping them embrace that and understand what it truly means versus what I think so often students and parents think it means. So I hope that this has made sense. I, If you guys can't tell, I'm super passionate about this topic right now. Uh, like I said, I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this episode uh, was meaningful for you and helps you kind of think through what this is going to look like in your classroom with your learners. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to learn with me today. I absolutely love this community and enjoy sharing and learning with you. Check out today's episode notes by swapping up in most podcast apps. If you'd like to learn and connect more, you can follow me over on Twitter at McNairAN3, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Meaningful Mess. You can always find tons of resources, inspiration, and information over on my website, andymcnair.com. Be sure to check out my blog, Genius Hour resources, and so much more. Enjoy the rest of your day, and as always, I hope that today's episode has inspired you to find meaning in your mess.